It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the latest episode of the First Down Snapcast. Tonight I'm joined by regular pundit Stuart Hawthorne and Ian Davis. How are you both doing tonight? Very good, thank you, Richard. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Stu, how's the uh, yeah. land flu doing in the Hawthorne residence? I'm alright, I'm I'm but... Um, yeah, yeah my little one just had a very explosive nappy, so I'm I'm a little bit smelly at the minute. That's, that's a little bit smelly most of the time from when I've met you. At least I've not got that kind of old age smell that you've got, Ian. <laughs> and I bet you were both obviously pleased to see that I phoned on time this week. You were actually a bit early, I weren't was, you? Yeah, I, I, was, yeah, no, I, I was looking at the watch thinking, I can't yeah. do it for another week, I can't upset them both. Yeah, yeah. It, it took me by, it took me by surprise, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I, it did, mate. I was, I was a little bit shocked, I was expecting to be still sat here at 9 o'clock waiting for you. No, I yeah. purposely planned everything around to make sure I'd be on for 8 o'clock. <laughs> Priorities. Definitely. NFL News and Rumours So in the news this week... After week four, LA Rams, are they now the real deal? Stuart, what do you think on this? Um, well, I said last week that um, the Vikings were in for a tough week um, after the Bills, and I, and it turned out to be the case. It was a bit of a gunslinging. I don't, I don't think men, the defences particularly did well on either side of the ball for either the Vikings or the Rams, but... Yeah, I, I, to be honest, it, it's looking impressive at the minute. Um, they're looking very good, and the, the thing about it is that they're using they, they're using different receivers, they're using different players. It's very hard to understand what they're doing. Uh, I, I just think they're um, are probably the best team in the NFC at the minute. Yeah, they've matched the records from when they last won the Super Bowl, haven't they? How they've started the season, and like you say, the weapons they've got, they're the only team. I think they've only thrown two passes to a tight end all season. And one of them was a touchdown against Chargers. Yeah, um, to be honest, I, I really like the way that McVeigh sets his teams up. Um, and I said it last week that teams that run on first down tend to have the worst offence. Um, 
McVeigh doesn't. He uses Gurley in so many different ways. Um, he uses, you know, all his receivers. He's he just really kind of opens up that playbook and lets gets a bit creative with it. And and it shows by the the points that he puts on the board every week. It's it's quite frightening, really. Um, it'll be interesting to see the. the when they lose, it'll be um, that'll be the big tester of how they bounce back. But at the minute, you just can't see them losing. Yeah, um, Ian. Obviously, they've got the attack going forward, but Wade Phillips is assembling a good defensive unit there, isn't he? And they played against the Vikings with a couple of key players missing as well. Did that? Did that be? Who was missing? Uh, the idea. Yeah. Both was missing. <laughs> And Peter's played with a calf injury as well. I was Peter, surprised. I was going to say actually... Peter's did play, didn't he? That's what I was thinking because I know Peter's was going to be. I thought Peter's was going to be out, didn't he? And he actually did play. I know yeah. Was play, but yeah. I see. I, I, well, I, I threw you the curveball there, Ian. <laughs> you did. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking well, he played. Yeah. Well, it was. It was looking like that both cornerbacks were going to be out, but then Pete, Peter's turned up, didn't he? And he got. Um, yeah. He got put onto the roster. I'm, to be honest, I don't think he had a particularly great game, but I suppose he can't have been 100% fit. No, I mean, you look at the defence, isn't it? Stuart mentioned it. It was a, it was a bit of a gunfight, wasn't it, anyway? You know, it was just who was going to outscore the other, but the Rams always looked to have that little bit extra. Yeah, they did. In it. They didn't, and it was a fairly close game, but from probably towards the end of the second quarter, you always thought that the Rams were going to have enough in it to keep ahead, and that's what happened, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but we're still clawing at them and did a decent job, but you know, it, I don't know if they used five or six receivers, and yeah, they threw it around all over the place, and then obviously they've got Gurley as well, and they just they, um, the the key thing for me was that Kirk Cousins actually had the ball um, in the fourth quarter to to actually win it. Um, and when the Rams' defense actually needed to come up with a stop, they did. Um, you know, so it, it, to be honest, it's one of those things where, you know, Vikings had it in their hands to be able to go down the field and and, and get the points they needed for the win. But the Viking, uh, the Rams stood tall and, and got the stop. The defense got the stop when they needed it. So, and that's the sign of a championship team is that when you need them to make the plays, they make the plays, and and they did. So, I mean, I'm a little bit. Um, more excited about what's to come from the Rams and I think, uh, sorry, from the Vikings because it was a lot better showing than against the Bills the previous week. But I can't see who's going to beat the Rams if I'm being brutally honest. I can't see who's going to come close. There's going to, that, that, there's going to be an interesting clash in November in Mexico between Chiefs and Rams, isn't there? That's going to be a right well, you you say that, but I mean, I really like the Chiefs, and I really like the way that they've gone about on offense. But I just don't think that the defense is particularly good. You know, they've given up another twenty-five points to Denver, who don't look particularly great on offense. So my worry for the Chiefs is that is the defense being is, is the defense performing as well as they need to for a championship team. Um, and they do say that defences win your championships and I don't think that Kansas City is, is as strong as the Rams and I think they can both score equally as easily. So I think it'll it'll be a Rams win, that one. Yeah. I'll tell you what, what game will be interesting this season is um, the Rams have got to go to the Saints um, and I, I can see the Saints doing them over there. Yeah, it's, just, it's the same argument really, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, whether it's the Saints' defence turn up yeah. 
Because you can bet. Their first couple of games at Saints Day was all over the shop, but then this weekend they were fine. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the problem with the Saints defence through the first four weeks has been they've been getting scorched downfield. And yeah. if they don't sort that out, then Brandon Cooks is going to have an absolute field day. And it's not like you've got a, you know, a bang average. Um, you know, over the top receiver. It, it's it's Brandon Cooks, and he's one of the best at it. So you know, they've already been burnt by um, Jackson at, at Tampa. Um, Evans scorched them as well over the top, and that's my worry for the Saints. Is if they don't sort out that secondary, then um, I think Rams will absolutely steamroller them because I think the Rams have got are more likely to stop the Saints than the Saints are to stop the Rams. More than likely. Um, obviously, this is a bit. Still a bit raw in the moment for you, Stuart, due to fantasy this week, but how do you think Cooper Cup's doing in his second Cooper season? Do you know what? I, do you know what? I knew you were going to say this. Well, I know, yes. I, know, I know you'll have a soft spot for the player, and he's obviously beat yeah, fantasy I mean, this week, but his second season... I, 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 I blame Ian for this. I blame Ian 100% for this. Richard was talking to me at the time of this as well. <laughs> you know, I, this is... Uh, just to fill people in on what actually happened, we do a fantasy, obviously, like a lot of people do with their friends. And when I say friends, I say that in the loosest possible terms because Ian's in our league. Um, but Ian was drafted on behalf of another friend in our league called Charles, uh, and Ian selected Cooper Cup for the pure purpose that he knew that it would annoy me, and not for no other reason. And it really has annoyed me because he's... Who are you playing this week, Stuart? Charles, Charles and he scored. Cooper Cup got 37 points against me. Did he? Oh, I didn't realise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really don't like him. <laughs> but obviously, apart, apart from that, Stu, do you think he's having a good year this year? But he had a solid first yeah, season. I mean, yeah. yeah, he had a solid first season. And like I said, they, they used those. I mean, all three receivers at, at uh, Rams are doing really well. I think Woods is a really good receiver that's getting used, um, probably a little bit underrated, and, and obviously they've got Cooks as well. But Cooper Cup is uh, is, is my man, and I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit upset that... And I've literally tried everything to get him on a trade as well, and Charles is having none of it, because he thinks that I, that I don't have him. But you, you really don't have much luck with Cooper Cup, because obviously in Madden 18 you lost him as well, didn't you? Because he got cut from your team. <laughs> I, I did cut him from my team. I would like to blame one of the commissioners for killing him and then re- he retired and disappeared off the game. It's just de- destined not to be. Yeah, Cooper Cup will never be yours. Yeah, I know. You can tell by the little chuckle in the background how amusing Ian thinks this is. Um, another great story again from the weekend. and We spoke about him last week. What more words can we describe on how the Chicago Bears are performing? Three and one. Ian uh, or Stuart, whoever fancies. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, no, and we all know what Tampa Bay have been doing, you know, um, with Fitzpatrick, and suddenly he could do nothing in that game, could he? Bears defense yet again stepping up. Um, but although we're saying it's the defense, Trubisky. Was it? Did he get six touchdowns in the end? But it's five in the first half, aren't it? Yeah, six touchdowns in the end. And last week we were talking about Trubisky, saying we didn't think the Bears trusted him to throw long. Did you see how many deep passes he completed last week? I know. I mean, it was just one after another. I have to say this. I've got a lot. I've got a lot more respect for that that offense now because um, Nagy seems to really have opened that playbook for him because. 
last week we were talking about it and we thought that Trubisky through the first three weeks was was a bit of a check down quarterback. He seemed mm. to be just kind of moving the chains, not really doing anything exciting and just checking down the ball. And this week it was almost like I was watching a different player. And to be honest, I really enjoyed watching the Bears this week. I thought they were brilliant. Um, they really got creative. They got, you know, they got the types of uh, Tariq Cohen and, and Tyler Gabriel. They got them, you know, real elusive players. They got them into space, making plays. They brought Trey Burton on a 40-yard pass. Uh, and like you said, I think he ended up with, Trubisky ended up with 370 yards and six touchdowns, which... Fair play to him. Fair play. Um, I hope they carry on playing. Like, well, I don't actually hope they carry on playing like that. I hope they completely go back to how they were. But for um, for a neutral to watch, I thought it was they were fantastic. And the way that the defense got after um, Fitz Magic, um, yeah, I think the bubble might have burst on that one. To be honest, yeah. Um, well, they've already they said the start Winston, haven't they? Yeah, they've reinstated him. Oh, that was the start. Yeah, they've already said Winston is starting next week. What did you yeah, well, he's not got the hot, hot hand anymore, has he? No, that's gone. Yeah. What did you think at trick play, Ian, when they lined up both quarterbacks? I didn't see that. You didn't see that? I, I didn't, I, I've just seen highlights of that, of the Bucks and Bears game. Yeah, so both Trubisky and um, Daniel lined up Chase, one at plays. Chase Daniels, yeah. They, they lined up and um, Chase Daniels went as a as a kind of a fake run. Tampa across. Did, had no idea, did they? No, and was it? Um, I think it was Gabriel that took it on the sweep play, wasn't it? He swept him from the left to right, took it off Trubisky, and then Daniels went back across the other way as a trick play. Um, it, it was quite funny when they lined up with two quarterbacks. I was saying to Rich when we were watching it, I was saying, why, "Why have they brought on a second quarterback? That looks weird." But it, it confused the well, it confused me, but it worked. And they got it. Yeah, I know it was, but that's what I mean. They they got creative with the playbook and. And that's the kind of thing that a, a fan wants to see. And I've got, you know, enough respect to him. Um, and Tampa had absolutely no answer to it. Did you, talking about Chase Daniels, nobody knows who he is. Did you see in pre-season what he did? Their training? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah when he disguised himself. Yeah. yeah. He's asking all the players for autographs and virtually none of the players recognised him. The only one that recognised him was Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, I think he was first and then he started grinning. Yeah. So, on the flip side in the news this week, from the positives, we have obviously got Lowe's now. So, two players suffered season-ending injuries at the weekend. In Earl Thomas, who looked like he was about to be traded away... And Tyler Eifert, who was in his last season of his contract. Um, There's a third player as well. There was a third. There was a Dolphins player, wasn't there? Yeah. Yep. And there was, and there a, was a Seahawks player. player. Will Disley. Oh, oh, yeah. I forgot about the great Will Disley. Will Disley. Will Disley. Uh, to be fair, I mean, we've joked about Will Disley, uh, but to be fair to the lad, he was having a good... He was the first Through the first three weeks, he was one of the highest receiving tight ends in the league, so... You know, for the Seahawks, they've lost quite a significant weapon. Um, I think he's got a lower leg fracture. Um, we obviously watched the Tyler Eifert injury live, and I couldn't watch it. I watched it as it played, but I couldn't watch it again because, you know, someone who's had leg injuries, that's it makes me cringe every time I see it. And um, I feel sorry for the guy. That looked like it could be worse than season ending as well. 
that's the sort of injury that players sometimes don't come back from. Well, I think it's his last year as well, isn't it, Bengals, isn't it? Yeah, his yeah it's his last year. He only signed a one-year deal this year. He scored a touchdown early on in the game, didn't he, as well? The thing is, he was having a really good game. He was looking yeah. really useful. Yeah. Um, but um, what, what was interesting about the Earl Thomas one, um, it, it just seemed to have broken. They were showing the news underneath that the Steelers were talking about trading him for Bell. And then yeah. within a few minutes, anymore. he got injured. But oh, there was another thing. Did you see the, the pictures of him getting taken up? On the car. Oh, when he flipped the finger up, flipped the me. bird. Yeah, flipping the bird at um, the Seahawks. Yeah. Because if it's funny you mentioned that, because obviously Le'Veon Bell was tweeting again as he always does on Sunday, and he he tweeted to Earl Thomas, "Get right, bro. I'll continue to be the bad guy for all of us." He's, he don't <laughs> miss an opportunity, does he? This guy. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's coming back week seven now, isn't he? Yeah, now I, I've seen this. Now, why do we think he's going to come back week seven? I, don't, well, I just don't understand. What well, week eight do, is a bat, is a trade week, isn't it? He will come back, and then he'll go on injured reserve. I reckon that's what he'll do. What so then? He's, he's still technically gets part of his contract money. Yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking potentially because week eight's a deadline for trades, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't technically need to come back until week 10, does he? Unless he wants to get traded, and then that's why he might come back in week 7. But I can't I can't see, in any scenario I've played out in my head, I can't see how he's going to play for the Steelers this year. Especially with how the Steelers are as well in the in the division. It's, he's not going to make the difference to get them to where they need to be. There's more issues in that team. And you, would yeah. you really want to bring that guy back in when the offensive lineup don't even want him in the team? That's the... <laughs> The spirit in the camps just would be horrendous for. It's one of those things because his his attitude aside, which I don't think he's going to be a particularly welcome character back into the dressing room, into the locker room. But as an individual talent, the Steelers are missing him massively. Yeah, yeah, they don't look. It's anywhere near the team they normally do, do they? No, no. I mean. It's one of those games, they, they were chasing it, weren't they, against the Ravens this week. And because they were chasing it, from a fantasy point of view, James Conner didn't get anything because they were chasing the ball. But even when they were chasing it, if Bell was playing, he would still be putting up big numbers. And I think that's that's the difference. Um, now, I've obviously not been particularly kind to him on his attitude you know, I don't think it's particularly right that, you know, he seems to think he wants to get paid X much more money. Um, which, you know, some people will agree, some people won't agree. Um, I, I think it is quite amusing the fact that he's losing something like £800,000 a week and across the 10 weeks, if he didn't come back until week 10, the amount of money that he would have lost would have paid the difference between what they offered him and what he wanted. So that's... An amusing thing. So he's actually losing more money than he would have gained over the contracts that he wanted anyway, which always amuses me. But it's weird how you've got to compare where the Steelers are now to what they were last year when they had him in the team. Um, and I think they're missing that kind of productivity that he brings. Whether you agree with his standoff or um, or not, I think if you look at purely what he brought to that team as a talent, I think the Steelers are going backwards and obviously our bottom of the division. 
Yeah, and, and how the Bengals and the Ravens have started, you, I think I mentioned it to you today, Stu, Cleveland and Pittsburgh are playing for the right not to finish bottom of that division. You'd never, ever think you'd be mentioning Steelers in that sentence. I yeah, I mean, I, I still think there's more to come from... from I think that's going to be an interesting division because I still think there's more to come from from the Browns. I think they've got a lot more wins in them and I wouldn't be even surprised if they did like a an 8-7-1 um, type of season. Um, I think the Steelers will, will turn around. I think um, Big Ben was awful against the Ravens. He needs to kind of sort himself out and I think when he sorts himself out I think you'll see the Steelers start to head right in the back direction um, I've still got questions whether Bengals can sustain their start I think they've been brilliant through the first four weeks but it's whether they can sustain it so I think that division could be a real interesting one to keep an eye on I think that, that could really go, be going down to uh, week 17 Yeah without a doubt Right well that's the news for this week it's the time of the show where we look at things what happened in week four, the highs and lows. Stuart, any particular highs for you from this weekend? Um, I think the one of the main highs for me was that um, that that Chicago Bears offense. I thought it was um, that first half, especially, was one of the best first halves of offense I've seen in in quite a while. Um, so I was really, really, really impressed with them. Um, it was good to see the fact that they've got people like Tariq Cohen and, and Tyler, um, Gabriel managed to get them on the ball and got them into some space to, to make plays. It was good to see them using Robinson again. Obviously, he's not done much production over the first couple of weeks, but he started to really show what, he's, what he was about. Trey Burton, obviously, the trade from the Eagles, he started to, to look look like the player that he was last year. Um, so, yeah, I was quite impressed with it. And obviously, Mitch Trubisky with his six passing touchdowns was uh, really, really good this week. Um, I think that's probably one of the one of the main highs for this week for me. Ian, any particular highs for you? Yeah, I think the high for me was the Titans beating the Eagles, which is always nice when anybody beats the Eagles. But I didn't watch much of that game, but... I think the Eagles were 17-3 up and they were coasting. And I was what I was flicking between games at the time. And then suddenly, the Titans were in front. And the other high that's tied to that is how exciting some of the games were this week. I mean, I think those three went to overtime. It was that one. Colts went. That was a good. That was back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Raiders, Raiders, Browns, and. Uh, Texans Colts, yeah, yeah all went to overtime. In fact, the I ended up, I was going to go to bed and I ended up watching the Broncos Raiders one. I watched most of the fourth quarter and it just went on. I mean, in a good way, it went on and on and on. Broncos, Broncos didn't play the Raiders this week. So I just say Broncos, sorry, Browns. That's, I'm watching, uh, I'm, I'm watching Broncos um, Chiefs on NFL Network at minute. That's why I said it. I think. Yeah, but it went on and on, and um, I'd, I'd been watching it on Red Zone because it was the only game still on. And then it's been mentioned on the group. Red Zone went off. They're only allowed to show up to a certain time, so I had to quickly flick over to the game and watch it on there. But yeah, I think it was half past one when it finished our time. And it kicked off half an hour before the other late games. Finished about an hour and a quarter later. Yeah, um, Stu, something we touched on early on in one of the first podcasts was regarding the five rookie quarterbacks. Well, currently, four are in action Mayfield, Rosen, Allen, and 
Darnold. What's your what was your view on him this weekend? Obviously, it's not getting very easy for Josh Allen in Buffalo, is it? After the Vikings. Uh, well, at the minute, I think Baker Mayfield is is showing that he was the clear number one out of that group. Um, and the thing is, I like about I, I was we were having this discussion at lunchtime today, and the thing that I like about Baker Mayfield is the fact that he trusts his instincts. So when he sees that pass, he's trusty. He trusts himself that he can make it, and he throws it. Where I see a lot of the other guys in Darnold, who's obviously a lot younger, uh, Rosen uh, and Allen, they don't seem to be trusting their instincts at the minute, and they're taking an extra second to think about it. And obviously that means that the past then isn't there anymore, which means they have to hold on to it, and then they're struggling, and then obviously they get sacked or they lose yardage. And and I think, you know, Darnold's um, struggling because you know what one thing he did well in college was he was making plays downfield. I don't think um, the Jets have allowed him to do that. I think Robbie Anderson, who is, who's their kind of downfield threat, has hardly touched the ball. So I don't think the, the coaching staff at the Jets are really allowing Darnold to show what he can do. But a lot of it is, is confidence. And the, like I said, the, the main thing for me is that Baker Mayfield is such a confident lad that when he sees the passes, he's not second-guessing himself. It's just the ball's gone. He's releasing it. Um and that that's the key difference for me is the the rest of the guys all look like they're struggling a little bit now you know if you look at Rosen can I just disagree with that about Rosen I thought Rosen was fantastic last week and he's playing for a bad team and if you look well, I was just I was just going to get on to I was just going to get on to Rosen well his incompletions it's phenomenal how many of those were drops there weren't very many yeah. of them that were actually down to Rosen himself I was actually, yeah. I, to be honest, when I was when I was talking about the um, the kind of not trusting their instinct, I was I was more kind of looking towards Allen and Darnold. I did catch a little bit of the Rosen game, and I agree that I don't think Rosen's been given many weapons, but he's he's actually he's somewhere in between where Darnold is and somewhere where Baker is he's kind of not fully trusting it but I don't know whether he's not fully trusting it because he doesn't trust his receivers and like you said there's been a lot of drops um, I think he needs to get David Johnson more involved um, he's not getting nearly as many touches as he should be doing no even Fitz, I mean Fitzgerald I think he dropped I think it was two of them that he dropped you know so he's, he's got no receivers that he can rely he's on he's trying to get moment. Kirk in a lot isn't he his rose and he's trying to yeah. Yeah. have a partnership with that's, Kirk that's, 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 that's the rook, that's the other rookie isn't it yeah. yeah but again he dropped a couple but if I had to, if I had to rate him at the at, at the minute, I would I would probably rate Baker Mayfield definitely number one. I think Josh Rosen has shown more glimpses of what he's about um, in a in a lot worse team than the other guys are playing in. Um, so I'd definitely rate him too. And then for me, I'd probably put Darnold a smidge over Allen. But I think they've. I mean, other than that first week where I thought Darnold looked really good, they've not looked great. In fact, I think Darnold's got worse since week one. Yeah. Did um, Ian? Did you see the Buffalo Green Bay game where Josh Allen was looking for a pass and he turned around and there was a Green Bay defender there meeting him? I did, yes, I did. I bet he thought, thought, seriously? Yeah, yeah, I know, yes. It could have worked because it could have got a flag out. Yeah, yeah, well, it'd be flagged already, wouldn't it? 
Well, how did you um, interpret the Dallas game, in? Because I, I said to Stuart when watching on on Sunday, when they got the winning field goal, Dak was celebrating like the one Super Bowl. I think it was the relief because <laughs> um, they played a lot better. Not great, but there was a lot of positives. Um, and the thing was, I think it looked like Detroit might sneak it when I think we had outplayed Detroit in a lot of ways, but it looked like they might sneak it at the end when they got that touchdown, which would have put us at one and three, and it it'd be an uphill struggle then. And I think it was just the sheer relief, because even when we kicked the field goal, I mean, I was talking to Phil at the time, who we got on the podcast the other week, and we were both saying it's it was Mayer's first proper pressure kick. You know, if you'd had Dan Bailey there, it'd put it, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have even thought twice we'd won the game. No. But we made any, you know, he held his nerve and kicked it. So was, yeah, I think it, it was the relief rather than the fact that yeah we just sneaked it over Detroit. Yeah. I think I've missed you, I think I've missed something here. Ian. Was did Detroit celebrate one of them touchdowns quite unsportsmanshiply wise? Yeah, Golden oh, Tate was going over line. Golden Tate, yeah. yeah, he started celebrating on the five yard line. Yeah. I must say, yeah. I've heard a lot. Of, I didn't see it, but I've, in a lot of the social media stuff, I've read about something happening. Yeah, so. I think I posted it on the group as well. Yeah, he, um, it, 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 I, it, I think it was second quarter as well when he did that. I got, I got a question for you, Ian. As, as a Dallas, no. As a as a Dallas fan, are you not concerned how heavily you rely on Zeke? Yeah, if, if Zeke gets injured, um, season's done, isn't it? Because <laughs> now, um, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, even with the throw-in uh, on Sunday, this, this is what I mean. Throws, yeah. This is what got me. Zeke's not human. So we'll not get injured. <laughs> I hope not, because I've got him in fantasy. But my uh, the thing that made me think that was because, and I understand why you would use Zeke out of the backfield, and you kind of you use him on the run plays, and then you you might use him on the short yardage passes, kind of a check down, get him into a bit of space. But the play that got me was kind of the one that got him into field goal range. The one that won the game for us, basically, wasn't it? Yeah, was 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 the the kind of the over top. Pass that yeah. Zach uh, that that Dak did to Zeke when he was lined up against that linebacker, and obviously it's a mismatch with a linebacker tracking Zeke down the sideline. But they played him. They played him as a receiver, didn't they? For that play. Yeah, they played him as a receiver, and that that if I mean if I'm a receiver, then I'm going. Why why don't they trust me to do that play? I think it was the fact that they thought that they wouldn't be expecting that. But yeah, I do, I do get what you mean. Yeah, and I agree with you. Yeah. Um, as a Dallas fan, if Zeke goes down, we haven't got an offence. What do you think? I know we, we've touched on it before. Me and Stuart have spoke about it. Ian, how long before Dallas start looking for another quarterback who can give them more options? I know they've only, Dak's only been there a couple of years, but you, you need a franchise like Dallas needs someone who can actually find these passes. He was finding them on Sunday. I mean, do we give up on him now? I don't know. I. In the long term, uh, I don't know if it's going to be maybe eighteen months, but yeah, if it you know if it carries on all season, but you know two hundred and fifty-five yards on Sunday, two touchdowns, which is his highest highest yards for about nine or ten games, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, he's yeah, only, well, he'd only hit 200 yards twice, twice in the last yeah. 11 games. But he did. He looked a lot better. He looked, he looked a lot calmer. I, I, uh, I won't give up on him yet. I know, I'm uh, going to say something that you're probably going to disagree with, but I, I honestly think that where Dallas might win games, I think Dallas have got to be really careful that they don't get left behind because the whole league is moving towards a very pass-heavy offence. Um, and some of the teams that have got, you know, the best offence in the league, if you look at, you know, like the Saints and you're looking at the Rams, you know, Vikings to a certain extent, even the Patriots, the quarterbacks are putting on 300, 400 yards. And my worry for Dallas is that are they still playing this, you know, run-heavy run offence? Is Are they going to get left behind because the way football is played now in 2018 is that it's more towards the pass-heavy game. And I don't know whether Garrett's going to make the Cowboys get lagged behind because of that. Well, as we know, Garrett hasn't got a clue, has he? So, um, but, but do you see what I'm saying? I do. Way... I mean, to me, it's been a pass-heavy league for quite a few years now. You know, a Dallas two or three years ago showed you can still do it with the run. Um but like I said last week... You say week, Dallas have shown, but they've got absolutely nowhere near getting to, no, a, uh, to a Super Bowl. About, I was just about to say that. We showed a few years ago you could do it. We haven't got the same offensive line at the minute. You know, we've still got Travis Frederick out. Um, so, you, you can do it. I don't know whether... I, I don't think, you know, I'll be surprised if Dallas gets to the playoffs this year. I will be surprised. Um, I hope they do, but it, it will surprise me because... Like you say, we haven't got much of a passing threat at the moment. Um, we are just relying on one player. But the defence is playing well, but offensive. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's, he's a right player. He's, he's probably one of the top talents in the league, but, you know, like you say, he's, he's only human. If he goes down, then Dallas might as well just give up. No, I think I actually said to you, he's not human. <laughs> and I'm telling you that he is. He won't get injured. He won't get injured. He's not human. Just to end on the week four news, um, results from the games. Um, Stuart, you think you called it last week? Has the Tannehill bubble come? Hang on, hang on. Wasn't I the only one that said New England would win? Didn't you two go to Miami? No, I went New England. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't Uh, back against New England. uh, I I think I went for Miami purely out of hope than actually genuinely thinking it was going to change, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, I wanted Miami to win because they had a good start to the season, and he, and you kind of want to change it around in that on that AFC, don't you? You kind of in that division, you want you want something other than Patriots finishing top. So Bills aren't going to challenge, are they? No, I mean, that's why you can. I wanted the the Dolphins to win, and you know they can still challenge the Patriots, you know, if they have a good rest of the season. But they got absolutely schooled. The the, the best thing about this game, which quite frankly was sewn up within the first. Seven minutes of the first quarter, it was, it was that easy for the Patriots. The best thing about this was the uh, the battle of the the Texans reject quarterbacks in the fourth quarter. That was, the, yeah, that was the best thing about it. Um, when Osweiler and Hoyer came on, that was the most entertaining thing about it. He threw for a touch, he passed to Gore for a touchdown, didn't he, Osweiler? And I think Hoyer, yeah. I think Hoyer threw out a touch and um, kneeled twice. He kneeled, he kneeled twice to close the game out because Miami aren't going to call the timeouts when they were that far behind. Can I just, can I just um, before we move off this week, can I, there's another high as well okay. from last night's game, um, from the Denver Kansas game. 
Did you see Mahomes throw the ball with his left hand? No, I didn't. Yeah, I really don't like people with talent. Yeah, it was, it was great. He, what happened, Richard? He was getting chased. He was going towards the sideline, so he'd moved, he moved the ball to his left hand and to sort of avoid the tackle. Would he then threw it and made... It was about a seven-yard completion. Wow. He made a first down, didn't he? Yeah. But he still talks like Kermit the Frog. He does still talk like Kermit the Frog, yeah. But I think we're going to have to get used to listening to him, aren't we? I think, I think he's going to be around for a long time. Yeah, I think we're going to. Have yeah. Right. Did you see in, in in the warm up when he was warming up and he just casually threw the ball seventy five yards? Yeah, I just saw that before we started recording this. Yeah, and there's no effort in it, is there? No, no, <laughs> just a flick of the wrist and ball goes seventy five yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous talent, tell you. Yeah, we we were all yeah. missed when talent was getting sprinkled out. And, and what and what pick was he in that draft? Because obviously in that draft, I think uh, Trubisky went second, did it to the Bears. Yeah, they traded up to get him because I thought yeah, they traded up. Yeah, uh, uh, I can't remember who went first. He went tenth overall, did Mahomes? And who went first? Was it um, was it G- Miles Garrett? Wasn't it? Oh yeah, Garrett and Trubisky went second. So I'm just looking at that and I'm just thinking, you know, you, when you, you this this whole thing about the combines and etc. is does it really show the true talent of a player? Because you would put it down now that Mahomes is a lot better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Because you, when, you, when you're looking at 2017 draft, like Fournette went fourth, but then there's a few people who went before uh, Mahomes, Jamal Adams, Mike Williams, McCaffrey, John Ross. They all went before Mahomes. Yeah, yeah I suppose it's all dependent on whether... the, the, the what, was It was only Trubisky that went before him, though, only quarterback. Yeah, and then Watson yeah. went 12th. Oh, right. Yeah. It was a, 2017 was a low one for quarterbacks. It was a, it was a defensive draft 2017. Yeah, the next one after that was Kaiser. I'm just looking at that 52nd pick. Oh, he's, he was a Bobby Dazzler as well, wasn't he? <laughs> hey, at least Cleveland didn't waste the first on him. No, this is true. So, Ian, from week four, who is your... What do we normally do? Defensive and offensive player we do, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Right, Ian, from week four, who was your offensive and defensive player of the week? Well, I might get accused of a little bit of bias here. Um, although I haven't done it before. I haven't picked a Dallas player before. But, um, oh, I thought you were going to say your, your brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he deflected a pass, so I'll give him defensive. Now, um, Zeke, uh, offensive player. You know, he, he ran for 150 two yards. Um, it, it, it was about, I think it was about 250 yards he got all together in the game. And, and two of the passing plays that he completed were crucial ones as well. Um, so, yeah, Zeke's, you know, he's, he's the reason one on offence. He's my um, offensive player. And the defensive player is Demarcus Lawrence, who got three sacks and leading the league in sacks again. And I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. You know, people, you know, we're just talking about J.J. Watt, talk about Khalil Mack. Demarcus Lawrence does the same thing, week in, week out. And so he's my defensive player of the week. Stuart, on offensive and defensive for yourself? Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I was thinking about this today and I think it's quite easy for us to go with the, some of the obvious players. And, and I think we've done that over the, the past couple of weeks. So it's... You know, I could I could say someone like Alvin Kamara, who I thought this week was some of his running was 
probably some of the best I've seen. He's, he's so elusive when he gets going. Uh, seems to find gaps and seems to be able to move through gaps so smoothly. Um, so, you know, he's one player that you can call out. But I think I'm going to give a player who gets a lot of stick credit this week. I'm going to go my offensive player of the week. is going to be Andy Dalton. Um, just the way that he led, uh, you know, he went into Atlanta and, and got a big win for the Bengals. Um, and the way in which he did that final drive um, after, you know, having to watch uh, his tight end take a horrific injury, um, I thought that was a real leader's performance from him. Um, and him and AJ Green really kind of showed up in that fourth quarter. Um, so I'm going to give kudos to uh, to Andy Dalton this week of my Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, defensive Player of the Week, again, I'm going to go somebody slightly off the off. Off the norm is uh, Derwin James from Chargers. I thought he had a, a very, very disruptive um, game uh, at the weekend. I thought he was really explosive off the edge and really caused some some issues. Um, and he's again, he was a player that was touted to go really high in the draft, and and you know there was some issues about his personality and and his characteristics, and obviously he fell down the draft, but. I think the Chargers have picked up a real, real talent um, there. So um, I think he ended up with two sacks at the weekend. So I'm, I'm going to go with James for my um, defensive player of the week, just to mix it up a bit. Good, some good choices there. Now, my offensive player, I was going to name one person, but then I think you'd all think I'd been biased naming a Patriot player. So I was put a mention out there for Sonny Michelle. However, I am going to give my offensive player of the week to another rookie who backed up, even though he was a loser, he backed up his previous week's game and solid with another two touchdowns. That was Calvin Ridley at the Falcons. So back up. Well, you're doing it. You're doing it just to annoy me, aren't you, Richard? I'm not. I'm really actually. You're, you're, you're the fool for not putting him in your lineup on fantasy, but. I think I must be the only fantasy owner of Calvin Ridley over the last three weeks where he scored like 70 odd points over three weeks has kept him on the bench I just think there was a lot of hype on him from getting the hat trick from the previous week and for him to come out on Sunday and follow up in a game where the Falcons were always chasing and one of the catches he got for his touchdown weren't an easy one to get either so I'd just like to give it to Calvin Ridley and on my defensive player, can I name two players from the same team? No. You have to pick one and then just give an honourable mention to the other one. Okay, so <coughs> my defensive that, look, look, look at the fun police on the other end here. <laughs> so, We've got to have rules. We have to have rules. Okay, I will give it. If we didn't have rules, what would we have? I am going to give it oh, again. We'd so have this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So for his, his second, I think I might have named him last week, but I'm going to name him again because it was fantastic in, in a defeat at the weekend. And it's Darius Leonard again. He he was superb against Houston. Another eight tackles, one another sack. So in the first four games, he has already racked up 38 tackles and four sacks. He's injured now, though, isn't he? He left injured his ankle. Obviously, he's going to be forced time before he's going to be out, but there's a bit of a clear-up today, I think, so I was waiting for news from Indy. But I would also just give honourable mention to linebacker also at the Colts, Danico Autry, who had seven tackles and two sacks against Houston on Sunday. So the Colts have got, they've got a very good defensive team. And 
if they can get that attack going, if Luke can keep it going, Colts could put a bit of pressure in that division, but Titans and Jags are already ahead, but it's looking good for Colts. Well, well I ju- I'm just going to quickly mention that last week we were talking about uh, Luke not being able to throw it down the field, and I think his longest completion up until week four was like 25 yards or something. Uh, well, this, this year he, he did a couple of 45-yard plays, so... I think each week we're just seeing a little bit more from Andrew Luck. So, it's, it's, yeah, Colts are looking a lot better than I thought they would, to be fair. And um, I uh, I thought if they hadn't messed up that uh, that last play, going for it on fourth down and giving, obviously, 40 seconds to uh, to Watson to go down and get the field goal, I thought they, they could have won that. Yeah, I think, we've been, I think when we did the predictions at the beginning of the season, I think me and you, Stu, both put Colts to finish bottom than the be way bottom but they are playing really well so all the time we'll see it just shows that we know nothing yeah it does yeah we know nothing that's why people listen to listen to how much we know nothing about the game it's just it's just in, in ramblings of three blokes isn't it really yeah <laughs> it's that time of the show now where we do our two minute drill and we've got this week lined up Josh Ibbotson who is your favourite team and why my favourite team is uh, Green Bay Packers. Um, I like the fact that they're owned pretty much by the fans, so they can't just be picked up and moved around the country. And uh, also Aaron Rodgers, because I think he's just awesome to watch. When did you first get into the NFL, and how did you get into the NFL? Uh, I got into the NFL, well, I've watched it probably on and off for the last ten years or so, but only in the last three or four years I've probably watched it a bit obsessively and understand what's going on properly but before then it was watching Super Bowls with my brother when I was younger and stuff so I'd say properly last four, three or four years If you could have a current player from any of the other teams in your roster right now who would it be and why? If I could have any player from any other team I'd have Julio Jones uh, I think he's arguably the best receiver in the league I think he's everything you need in a receiver and I think uh, him and Rogers to do some damage together if you could visit any NFL stadium in the United States, which one would it be and why? If I could visit any stadium, it would be Lambert Field. If you could play NFL, what position would you want to be for on that team? Would it be a defensive player, an offensive player or special teams? Well, if I was to play NFL, the dream position would probably be quarterback, but I can't imagine I'd be good at any position because I'm just not built for this sort of sport. Who is the greatest coach of all time? Greatest coach of all time, it's me to say, but it's Bill Belichick. I think the guy's a genius. And um, he's made Brady look good, hasn't he? So. <laughs> Are you for a London franchise or not for a London franchise? Definitely for a London franchise. Um, it's more opportunity to see more teams in this country rather than having to take the journey over to America. So, yeah, 100%. Thank you for taking part, Josh. If anyone else would like to get involved with Two Minute Drill, please contact us on Facebook. So as we head into week five of the regular season, a couple of standout games are appearing this weekend. The first one is the 4-0 Kansas City Chiefs against Saxonville. Ian, what's your take on this one? I can't wait for this one. I think it's going to be brilliant. You've already said it, really. We've talked about it earlier. We know the Kansas defence isn't the best. But is this the best day Kansas have been up against? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. And, well, then you see, Kansas have got a poor defence. Jacksonville have got Blake Bortles. 
<laughs> We're basically talking about whether the Jacksonville defense can do what nobody else has done and stop that Kansas City offense. Yeah. To, to be honest, I I think that offense will have enough to score more points than Jacksonville will. Right. So, how many how many points did uh, Jaguars get this week? Got twenty. Four, I think, including against the, against, the against the Jets. 31. Against a very poor Jets team. And they got, how many did they get against the Titans? Six. Six. So, I don't, I mean, I, I think the Titans have had a good start, but I don't think the Titans are on the same level as the Chiefs. Um, I think the Titans have probably got a slightly better defence than the Chiefs, and I totally agree with Ian on this one. I think the Kansas offence is more likely to score against the um, Jags defence than the Jags defence is to put any kind of points on the board against um, that Kansas defence. Yeah. And it looks like Jags have lost. Looking at it, they're going to probably not have 100% Fournette again. Whether he plays is another issue. Well, I just for me, the, the Jags all comes down to which Blake Bortles turns out onto the field. Yeah, because in the, uh, in that game against the Patriots, I know we all laugh about Blake Bortles and stuff, but against the Patriots, it it was it did play really well. But he has a one in five kind of ratio, doesn't he? Yeah. He plays well for one week and then he goes missing for three. It's like, well, on, last it's week. like on Sunday, wasn't it? When he couldn't find the pass, he just ran. And he was just well, going last to... week was the most yards he's ever put up in an NFL game. Just short of 400 yards. So he's had two good games this season, so he's not due anymore, is he? No, he, no, he is. He's due another one because he'll beat Eagles because he look, loves playing at Wembley, doesn't he? Yeah. And you'll be happy with that, Ian, anyway, and you'll be cheering Blake Bortles on that day. I will be, in a bar in America. Yeah, because anyone who can yeah. beat the Eagles gets the support from Ian. Yes, they do. Um, but it will be interesting to see how Kansas approach it because obviously Mahomes does like to gunsling it is he going to have time to get the ball away yeah with that Jack's day on him I mean you're talking about one of the best uh, coaches in the NFL in Reed and I think he'll have a game plan to be able to deal with the Jags I think the Kansas will be better prepared for the Jags than the Jags will be prepared for Kansas yeah, and you got. I mean, we've got Tyreek Hill who's so fast, which lessens the amount of time that he needs to release it. He can he can make those quick throws. I can see probably being he'll probably be the most used wide receiver, I reckon, because of the speed trying to exploit yeah. that defense on Sunday compared to yeah. maybe Sammy Watkins. Well, Sammy Watkins went off injured last night. Um, I think I'm not sure why. I don't know where his hamstring. So Sammy Watkins might not even be playing. Yeah, so Hill potential and with the speed plus. It, Doubts to um, Watkins is going to increase. It'd be interesting to see if um, Ramsey's lining up against Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they've got Kareem Hunt as well, haven't they? To run the ball with. Yeah, well, see, this is my concern. I think it'll be more of over the top with Kansas on the weekend than the run yeah. game. So I think they'll try and because yeah. they know that they'll know that Jags D is going to step up to try and get him. So Mahomes is going to have to yeah. drop back and get it over the top of him. <coughs> no, I, I think. I, I kind of disagree with that, Richard. I think, I think what they'll do is they'll force Jags to cover deep 
which will spread out the, the secondary and then they will drop it in behind for, for Hunt. So they'll mix the players up. So they'll, they'll kind of fake the play where they look like they're going to go in behind. So, you you know, Ramsey and, and Boye are going to have to drop to cover Hill and then that's going to create a lot of space in the middle and that's where I think um, Reed's probably going to try and exploit him by trying to use the fact that he's got multiple options. And that's why I think Jags are going to find it really difficult against Kansas because they've got... They can. They've got, they've got so many different weapons to use, and they've got so many different, you know, routes and plays that they could use to really confuse the Jags. And it's going to be hard for the Jags to match up and know which player they're playing every time. And that's why I think the Chiefs will just will just outdo them. So it's interesting. You know, we, we talked earlier when we talked about the Rams and the Chiefs. So we, we all said, you know, we can see somebody stopping the Chiefs, but now we're probably talking about coming up against the best defence probably in the league, and we still think Kansas are going to win. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, but that's, purely down to the fact, that's purely down to the fact that I don't think the Jags' offence can score the points. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. the problem, isn't it? It's, it's, not, it's, it's not the fact that the Jags' defence is rubbish. The Jags' defence is one of the best in the league, but they just don't have an offence that's got a really... Push them over the top, and I think if they came up against a team that's probably not as good in defense, so you know, like uh, you know, like someone like, well, look at the Rams. The Rams are a lot better all-round team. I'd even say the Patriots would run um, Kansas close because they're a lot more of an all-rounded team. Whereas the, the the Jags are just so heavily weighted towards the defense, which is why I think they'll struggle. Are we going away clean street then on the board then for KC this week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, the we have a NFC Championship rematch in the Vikings and the Eagles. Now, Ian, I know your opinions on the Eagles, and we'll get to that in a minute. And I mentioned this to you earlier today, Stu. Is this a must-win now for the Vikings? How the, uh, how the division's shaping up with the Bears? <clears throat> yeah, I would say it is. I really would. I think if we... End up being one three one. I think you're getting into the mode where you're gonna to have to start planning for next season because it put us rock bottom of that division. Uh, and then it obviously we come. It's Green Bay as well this week, so that's a divisional. So if Green Bay get that, they'll go to three and one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it's it's a game that the Vikings need to win, and they need to win it more for confidence as well. Uh, not just because they need to win it, but you know they got a bit of confidence back after the Rams game. But they they need the win. They need the win. You know, and they wouldn't be in this predicament if they hadn't played so badly against the Bills. No, I think because like I say, I've, I've we watched the highlights together of the uh, Vikings game and against the Rams, and there was a couple of dubious decisions by the refs later on. But the Rams gave a good showing. I mean, the Rams Vikings gave a good showing on Thursday. Oh, you don't want to get me started on that bloody Thielen when he was called down when he wasn't actually been when he hadn't been touched and he could have run it in for a score. That really annoyed me. Did that? I don't want to get you on that because you could probably talk for hours on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're actually playing the Eagles at a good time. I don't think the Eagles are, are particularly. Um, they're not playing the same level that they were last season. I mean, you know, neither are the Vikings at the minute. Um, I think Wentz is still finding his feet after his injury and he's still trying to work his way back into that offence. So I think it's a good time to play him. But we need to, you know, Vikings need to perform, really. Um, the defence hasn't really stepped up this year, so I'm, I'm hoping for a big performance from the defence. Not that I want to pick up for Wentz, 
But, but um, you know, you know last, last year the Eagles were talking about, you know, I was talking about Dallas's offensive line. The Eagles were boasting that they thought theirs was better. Well, Wentz took, I think it was 11 quarterback hits on Sunday, the most he's ever taken. That offensive line isn't supporting him. So, you know, he's saying he's come back from injury, but that's not going to help. No, it's not. If you're getting no. constantly. And last year, you know what it was like with the Eagles. They were rolling everybody over and they were scoring 25 points or more nearly every game. And I don't think they've scored 25 points yet this year. Well, the Eagles didn't lose a game until week eight, did they, last year? But they, they lost the last game against Dallas because they had all backups in, so that didn't count. You know, they, they, they just rolled everybody over and they're just... Looking at okay team this yeah. year, don't well, like, they? Like don't, look, on Sunday, don't look like Super Bowl champs. Sort of just get let the game get away from them on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Against the Titans side, yeah. which they're picking up results of Titans, but they're not blowing anyone away, are they? So it was a bit of a strange yeah. one to let go. And, and it's, yeah, I mean, and you, you talk about the Vikings season is going to be in a mess if they lose again, which yeah, it is. Eagles are going to be up against it if they end up two and three. Yes, especially with how the Redskins have started in the East. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your predictions then this weekend on that one, guys? Vikings by 60. <laughs> uh, I'm going to just say the Vikings, I'll take them by a point in overtime. As long as we get the win, I'm not bothered. I'd like that as well. I'd, li- I'd like you winning by a point. In- well, you can't win by a point in overtime, can you? I'd like, yeah. I'd like- no, all right. Safety, but you get my safety. point. The safety in the last second of overtime. Stewart's just desperate for a win. He just yeah. needs to see yeah. W this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling Vikings this week. I think if they play like they did against the Rams, they'll, I think they'll have just enough. They'll have enough Perfect. to beat well. Eagles. And then just one I've picked out there, one more game I've picked out this week is the Battle of Texas. Houston and Dallas. Obviously, we don't need to, we've always mentioned a bit about Dallas. Do you think Houston are finding their feet now after the weekend, Ian. Yeah, I think they, they, they played better, didn't they? Um, they still didn't look comfortable. They looked like they were worried. They looked like they were worrying about this losing record. They, had, they actually looked nervous to me. They didn't look to have any confidence at all. Um, well, if they'd, JJ got, if they'd gone on four, that would have been their season pretty much over, wouldn't it? Yeah. I... You know, JJ Watt doesn't. You know, don't get me wrong; he's still a great player. I'm not. I'm not saying he looks poor, but he doesn't look as quite as dominating as he usually does. Did he get? Uh, he, he got two sacks and a forced fumble on Sunday. So I thought he was. I'm on about, I'm on about in general. I'm not, I'm not just on about last week. <laughs> well, I, I agree with that. I, I think the last two games is. I think he's got four sacks over the last two games, or four and a half sacks, and he's got two or three false fumbles. I think the last two games he's started to look more like himself. But I agree, the first two weeks he was he was non-existent. Yeah, Clowney was looking better as well. Yeah. Clowney's had injury niggles at the start of the season. Um, and he started to produce a lot. I think he had a couple of sacks, didn't he? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. He did look a lot better. Yeah. Um, how would you finish one of those, Joe? Um, oh, it's a hard one to call. Where is it? Is it uh, at? Uh, is it at Houston? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go home. Win. I'm gonna go Texans. Ian. 
I'm going to go Dallas by uh, 126. Okay. Now I think it'll be, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be tight. Um, and but I think I think Dallas will win. So Dallas by three. Um, so this is where I'm going. So if the Texans D stop Zeke running, I've got Texans winning. I literally think if because Texans know if they can stop Zeke, they're winning that game as long as they can get enough support to Watson. But I think it, I think it's only a one score game. I can't see. You see, that's why I disagree because I don't think the Texans offense will do anything against the Cowboys D. We struggled a bit in the secondary on Sunday, but I think they'll sort that out. Um, and I don't, I just don't see the Texans offense doing much. Oh, right, because, right, because Ian said that, I reckon you, good, it's good good bet to put money on Hopkins getting three uh, passing <laughs> touchdowns. I, I will stick with my answer. Te- what's, my Texans. What's going for five hundred yards? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Full, Full, Fuller, Fuller and uh, Hopkins both getting three each, and Ellington yeah. getting a third. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll leave that on the week five previews now. We're coming towards the close of the show and we're going to end with honourable mentions as we do on all the previous podcasts. Ian, we'll start with you. Yeah, it's just a little fact that I read um, which amused me and you'll you'll tell, you'll tell see why in a minute. Um, we've all seen the Giants try to play this year and you know, OBJ ain't got a touchdown yet, has he? Um, they haven't yet scored more than 25 points in a game and the last time they scored 25 points in a game was 1,001 days ago. Wow. Um, it was the last week of the season in 2015, which I just thought, that's phenomenal. You would talk about, what the, you know, OBJ and how, you know, the stuff, the offensive stuff they've got, and they haven't scored more than 25 points in a game in all that time. That is quite a statement, is that fact there? Yeah. So I enjoyed that fact. I bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stuart? So, um, my, mine's a, a bit of a shout-out. So, we we do a lot of... Um, well, we have done... Well, I personally have done a bit of um, berating of, of players, you know, who are obviously chasing money in, in the NFL. And, and I just want to give a shout-out to Chris Long, the defensive end from the Eagles, who uh, this last week has pledged uh, a quarter of his salary, which is around $400,000 to launch the first quarter for literacy drive, which basically him and his wife are going to try and distribute over 25,000 books uh, to kids uh, to help families to improve literacy within the uh, the US. I just thought that was uh, that's a really good thing and and um, you know fair play to him for you know using his own money. You know he's earned that money and and you know why she got players in the NFL that are all chasing to get more. He's he's openly giving large chunks of his away to help people that are less fortunate than him. So you know fair play to fair play to him. Yeah, I think even Ian will agree with that. Even though he's an Eagles player, I think he yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've read about that as well. Yeah, it is good. And I will end. I've just got one honourable mention. So we mentioned Stuart mentioned last week. Um, Eric Reid had signed for the Panthers, and he did his first television interview yesterday, and he appeared in front of the cameras with a hashtag "I'm with Cap" T-shirt on, and he's vowed he will continue to fight all the social injustice. And he hasn't commented yet whether he'll still kneel during the anthems. So he's fully back in his pal. 
You know, off air, when you explained you were going to talk about this, I thought that you said he wore an eye with cat T-shirt. And I was thinking, what are you talking about? No, hashtag I'm with cat. It makes sense now. Yeah, I get now. Yeah, well worth a mention, yeah. So, Although I think you should wear an I'm with cat T-shirt. I think that would be worth a mention as well if he does that. But and Ron Rivera says Reed's in line to play against the Giants this weekend as well, so we might get to see what he does with the anthem on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just like to end now, Ian, have you got something for Dictionary Corner this week? What's really grinding your gears? Well, no. <laughs> what I thought was... I sound a bit like a grumpy old man with having all these phrases and words that I don't like. So I thought I'd you are a gr- slightly. You are a grumpy yeah, old man. I boy. am a grumpy old man. Yeah. You've got one you actually do but, like. So, well, I'd say, no, I've, I've got a few meanings for some terms. It's just wonder where, whether you know about these. Um, gridiron, do you know why they call it a gridiron? No. Because with the markings, it looks like... The, you know, in your oven, you've got the, not the grid, the shelves, the metal shelves. Yeah. That's what the pitch looks like, and that's why it's called a gridiron. Yeah. Stunned. 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 I've got silence. more. I've got more. My favourite ones are the sack. Why, why is a sack called a sack? Go on. I thought you could have a guess, one here. Oh, I thought Stuart, I was waiting to see if Stuart, Stuart was going to play. Stuart's gone, Stuart's gone, hasn't he? He's not even listening. Stuart's Googling it now to try and beat you. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 am, I am listening, and to be fair, I was Googling it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's taking the edge off uh, Ian's uh, little section. This is your limelight, Ian. This is where you should shine. Right, this is... The sack is from... In ancient days, when invaders used to besiege a city, when they finally got in, they used to sack the city which is where it comes from. As in sacking the quarterback because your quarterback is your mainstay of your, your offence. So it's from that. Now my favourite one. This is the last one. Okay. Super Bowl. Do you know why the Super Bowl is called the Super Bowl? Because it's played in the ball stadium? No. Because they eat cereal out of a massive ball beforehand. No. Why it's called a Super Bowl is... Initially, it was just... When they merged the... The leagues. They just called it the AFC versus NFC Championship game, and the commissioner didn't think it was catchy enough, and he needed something for it to catch on. And his kids, yeah, well, his kids used to play with you know the little bouncy balls that you have, the little hard bouncy balls that you. It's on ground. Super balls. That's where the word comes from. He's he's changed it to Super Bowl. Wow. Right, I'm going back to doing big grumpy next week. That, uh, I'm, I'm impressed by it. Well, well, hang on, sorry, was that was that cheerful? Was that cheerful, Ian? That was cheerful, mate, yeah. Wow. wow. I, might do, I might do one of each. I might do a grumpy one and the meaning of something. Well, it's definitely oh, something well. which we will, get, keep, we will keep having the listeners because that's what they like to hear, Ian. They like to hear your chirpy parts at the end of the show. Right. Well, I'll go yeah, yeah. that's been grumpy next week. <laughs> we, have, we have no evidence that people like this section of the podcast. No, but we, but we like it, so it's staying. Well, when you say we, you, it's, it's your little moment of the sun, isn't it? 
Yeah. What we don't realise is Richard introduces this, and everybody sitting in the car listening to podcasts, right? Right. right. It's, the it's the end of this week's. Stuart to mention the social bit. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm on that. Stuart, we'd like to let people know where they can find us. Uh, I, I don't know anymore. Uh, we're on Twitter at T Snapcast. Um, you can find us on, on Facebook at the First Down UK. Obviously, the same with the website as well, firstdownuk.com. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am Ridiculed Idiot. Um, Ian's far too old to be on Twitter, so you can't follow him on Twitter. Um, and if he was on Twitter, he wouldn't say anything remotely interesting. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, any problems, any questions, give us a shout. Uh, looking forward to getting uh, the gridiron... Um, Jules kicked off uh, the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to that. So yeah, keep uh, stay with us. It's uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good ride. And I'm actually on Twitter. All of you now. Oh, are you? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's shot you down now, Stu. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> go on then. What are you on Twitter, Ian? I have no idea. I haven't got that Brilliant. So you're not on Twitter at all, are you? Well, I am. I've got a login. Do you know what your login is? No. no that's, right, that's okay. That's your task for next week, Ian. Oh, shall I find it? Right, I'm going to find it, and next week I will <laughs> give you my Twitter name, name or whatever you call it. Okay, so <laughs> I do sound like an old man now, don't I? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it, we call it a Twitter name. Yeah. Well, thanks, no, you're more, so. thanks guys for joining us again this week. All right, cheers, lads. We'll see you all next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.